Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 8, 18 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It's the first day of Bitcoin 2022. That would be the 6th of April 2022. Bitcoin conference started today. Well, officially it started today. I'm sure everybody was getting freaking hammered and playing poker and eating great big ass tomahawk steaks for the last couple of days in preparation for the start of the conference. And, you know, this is episode 570 of Bitcoin and Molly Spears that has a message for you. Well, actually, she's got a headline for you. Coin Corner Molly says, Revealed, Liverpool's NFT range flops with just 10,000 sold out of 171,000 available in the first six days of the club's much maligned foray into the cryptocurrency market. So... I'm pretty sure that we are now looking at the downslope of the NFT craze. Thank God. Uh, I am not so naive as to not understand that we could see a second, uh, second, you know, NFTs get their second wind. But I'm, I'm getting to the point now where it seems pretty inevitable that the NFT craze is now on its downslope. Good. Hope they crash and burn. <clears throat> Unless you're one of the people that bought an NFT and then, well, sorry, sorry about your loss. Anyway, Brecky Von Bitcoin at BVBTC is auctioning off the, his absolutely exceptional, it's absolutely gorgeous and beautiful sculpture of the eyeball. Uh, it is being auctioned by Scarce.City. That is at Scarce.City. Uh, the name of the piece is called The Awakening, and it is now live. If you're at the Bitcoin conference, stop by and see it in person. Come talk art with me, and please consider placing a bid or sharing the auction with anyone who might be interested. I am sharing that auction with you. Go to Scarce.City. Just go to the website, go to its website, scarce.city uh, forward slash auctions forward slash awakening. That's scarce.city forward slash auctions forward slash awakening. If you're in Miami, you asshole, <laughs> I couldn't go. I, 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 that ticket price is just, that's ah, just way too much money plus the flight plus the hotel. I mean, I just don't feel like spending multiple thousands of, of, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of Satoshis to go to this thing. Although I do, if you're there, fucking A, have a good time. I really, really hope you enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Practice good operational security. If you're outside of the convention center, okay, if you're outside of the convention center, please, please, please rethink 
wearing anything that suggests that you might have Bitcoin. All right, you got 35,000 Bitcoiners. Well, okay, let's say 30, let's say 30,000 Bitcoiners and 5,000 shitcoiners. This is a target. I'm sorry. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to strike fear into the hearts of men and women and dogs and cats and squirrels. But Miami, the Bitcoin conference is a target. It is a target. Even if it's not, you should assume that it is a target. So practice good operational security. Don't take your stash on your phone, okay? If you've, if you've got some, you know, Bitcoin on your phone, make it be a hundred bucks or something like that for beers and steaks and whatnot, okay? Don't be, you know, hoisting your, your freaking cold card around with you and showing people. Don't be wearing like giant Bitcoin hats and Bitcoin shirts and all that kind of shit, okay? If you're outside of the conference, even if you're inside, honestly, you should really second, you know, give that a second thought. But you're safer inside the conference than if you're just walking around on, you know, the beach or out at, you know, clubbing at night and you got a great big ass orange shirt that says Bitcoin on it. Yeah, you're making yourself a target. So please, please, please don't be stupid out there, ladies and gentlemen. Lightning Labs announces a $70 million Series B raise. Nomcios has it for Bitcoin Magazine. Let's tear into this song, bitch. Lightning Labs today announced it raised $70 million in a Series B funding round to further expand its development of open source Bitcoin and Lightning software, the company said in a statement sent to Bitcoin Magazine. Quote, in a world with a lot of technology solutions in the search of a problem, we believe in solving real problems for real people, which is what sets the entire Lightning Network protocol community apart. Lightning Labs co-founder and CEO Elizabeth Stark told Bitcoin Magazine. The company said it plans to employ the round's proceeds to fund its efforts in building Bitcoin and Lightning software, including Tarot, a protocol the firm proposed today to bring assets to the Bitcoin stack through Taproot. Quote, Tarot makes sending assets like stable coins possible using the Bitcoin network with the instant high volume, low fee nature of Lightning and fees dramatically lower than Visa, the company said in a statement. Terra will bring interoperability between assets like USD stablecoins and Bitcoin to the many places Lightning is already in use today, such as across emerging markets, including El Salvador, which recently made Bitcoin legal tender, as well as video games, major exchanges, tipping on Twitter, and more, end quote. Lightning Lab Series B funding was led by Valor Equity Partners, early backers of Tesla and SpaceX, and joined by global asset manager Bailey Gifford. Bitcoin-only venture capitalist firm Stillmark, Goldcrest Capital, Kingsway, Moore Strategic Ventures, Brevin Howard, Robinhood CEO Vlad Tenev, Nidig, Silvergate CEO Alan Lane, and others also participated in the round. Quote, we feel lucky to be working with mission-driven investors who believe in the power of Bitcoin and that the network stack can bring financial access to all, Stark said. Lightning Labs raised $10 million in a Series A round two years ago at the same time when it released its Lightning Loop service in beta. So we went from $10 million to a 7X in their Series B. Good for Lightning Labs. I understand that people are kind of miffed 
at Lightning Labs right now, but be that as it may, progress marches on. Now, that whole tarot thing, we're going to get into that in the next piece uh, because they're talking about this whole T-A-R-O or tarot, not like, you know, tarot deck of cards, like she means a re uh, reads a mean tarot. No, 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 this is T-A-R-O, like tarot root, probably has something to do with tap root. Get it? Tarot root is actually a food. Anyway, before we get into that, I want to tell you a tiny story about my foray into getting uh, my car inspected yesterday so that I could get its registration done in Texas. In Texas, you have to pay a $74 tax on your car every year. But before you do that, you must pay $7 to get your car inspected. And then you have to present the past inspection signed paper to the guys at the tax office. And then you get to pay another $74 for the, for the pleasure of driving your own fucking car around the state that you live in. Okay. This is one of the things about Texas that, you know, actually most states do this, by the way, uh, you have to pay a tax on your car. So it's not registration guys. It's a tax anyway. So I take it to the small tire shop that does Texas state approved inspections and I don't have any cash on me. And when I mean small, I mean, think the tire shop down on main street in a town with not a whole lot more than, you know, a few thousand people, right? <laughs> the guy is pissed off already just because apparently one of his people didn't show up today and like, or that day. And I'm like going, okay, well I need an inspection. And he's like, bring it back in 20 minutes, bro. Like, okay, I will do so. So I did. So he gets it inspected. The dude doesn't even drive it. Okay, he doesn't test the brakes. He doesn't actually have me flash my blinkers. He doesn't have me test my brake lights. He doesn't look at the windshield. He just, literally, I just give him my insurance card and he signs the paper and he says, here, that'll be seven bucks. And that's where problems set in. And it wasn't a big problem, but let's just say he was not happy that I presented him with a MasterCard debit card. He went on a fucking tirade and good for him because he understands what's going on. He's like, we don't accept. He's like, we stopped accepting credit cards last month. He goes, I'll do yours, but understand for $7, I got to pay 4% on this shit. And by the time it's all said and done, I'm basically out $3. I'm not sure if his math is actually correct, but he is going to be out money because I'm using a credit card here. I did ask him, I'm like going, Hey man, look, if it's the, if it's that big of a problem, um, I don't mind. I I'll go down to the, you know, to go across the street to the all subs or the pack a sack or whatever, and go get 10 bucks. And he's like, no, just, just remember next time. And then I was like going, well, maybe this is the guy, maybe I can orange pill somebody. And I just gently asked, well, do you accept cash app? And he went on a further tirade to where he finally ended it off. And he said, I only accept cash money. And all I wanted to say was that cash money is not going to be worth as much tomorrow as it is right now. And if you don't understand that, then you're shooting yourself in the foot. I took that as my signal that this guy is not yet ready to be orange pilled. He is certainly not ready if, to be orange pilled if he's not even ready to consider using something like Cash App or Venmo. 
And that was what I was wanting to use and say, well, look, I just paid you seven bucks, but I actually paid you through Bitcoin. However, you got cash and we didn't have to jack with MasterCard and Visa. This is the very picture of a person who is not ready to hear it. Not ready to hear it. Don't orange pill people or try to attempt to orange pill people who you identify as not being ready or in a mood that they are that forces them into a situation where they are not ready to hear it. It will actually have the negative effect. Okay, just I'm just saying. Now, the big piece from Bitcoin Magazine from Nomsios about tarot. This whole thing that Lightning Labs got the $70 million Series B and they're going to invest it into developing the actual tarot stuff. Here is what tarot is. And hopefully Nomsios from Bitcoin Magazine will tell us exactly what it does and how it works. Buckle up. It's long. <clears throat> Lightning Labs has introduced a new protocol proposal for Bitcoin and the Lightning Network, tarot, which seeks to bring new use cases to the network. The company has published a series of draft Bitcoin improvement protocols, or sorry, proposals or BIPs, and it is asking the community for feedback on the proposed design. Taro seeks to enable the issuance of assets and collectibles, which are the protocol's form of non-fungible assets or NFTs. Uh, on Bitcoin, as well as their transfer on Lightning in a private and secure manager manner without bloating the blockchain. To do so, it plans to leverage the protocol's latest upgrade, Taproot. Quote, the design principles of Tarot on Lightning draw from the internet where you have complexity at the edges, but you keep the simplicity in between, Elizabeth Stark, Lightning Lab CEO, told Bitcoin Magazine. Most existing ways to issue and use assets on Bitcoin today either leverage another blockchain entirely, which adds a new trust model with different security assurances, or rely on adding extra data directly on chain, which is inefficient for keeping track of asset information long term and is dangerous to user privacy. Instead, Tarot uses Taproot. Taproot allows complex spending conditions to be set for a Bitcoin UTXO while ensuring that only the condition that ultimately gets used to spend the coin is revealed on chain to all Bitcoin users. As a result, such a spend is more private because a passive observer can't tell if there were other spending conditions for that transaction and more scalable because now that complex scheme puts considerably less data on chain. This is meaningful because previous Programmatic behaviors in Bitcoin meant transactions had to be revealed in their entirety, whether they were spent hunting user privacy and making very complex schemes unfeasible due to linear growth and storage needs, not hunting, hurting user privacy. Sorry about that. Uh, by using Taproot, Taro can also rely on Bitcoin's proof-of-work consensus mechanism for ensuring the correct ordering of transactions and preventing double spends, while defining special directives as to how to interact with and validate the new asset data. And as a result, Taro also differs from other asset solutions on highly program programmable blockchains, such as Ethereum's ERC-20 and erc 721 tokens 
because it is based on Bitcoin's UTXO model instead of an account model, meaning that it is both more secure due to avoidance of key reuse and more private as there isn't information about balances revealed. Terra's approach is also more scalable and is compatible with light clients. More specifically, Taro brings assets to Bitcoin through the leaves of the Taproot script tree, as each leaf in the tree is completely independent and can be selectively revealed, which enables structured commitment. By adding information about those assets, known as metadata, in the Taproot script tree, the proposed protocol can function as a layer built on top of Bitcoin, allowing tarot asset transactions to look like regular Bitcoin transactions as on-chain only the taproot output is revealed, while still enabling proofs of the movement of assets across the transaction graph. Quote, this is pretty elegant because it lets you separate these asset commitments from the actual script itself, Lightning Lab CTO, uh, roast beef. I can't pronounce his actual name. A uh, 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 Sun Token is his last name, but I can't. I can't do his first name. He's, he's roast beef on on Twitter. That's who this is. Anyway, Taproot in this case allows us to logically separate what is the main Bitcoin scripting layer from the asset layer itself. Even though they're actually within the same output because the Bitcoin layer doesn't care about what isn't revealed, we can use that to have additional structured data, end quote. As a result, this construction enables a single taproot UTXO to effectively commit to an unbounded number of assets that are only revealed to the specific parties that need that information without burdening the entire Bitcoin network, quote. It makes things a little bit simpler and also makes it a lot easier for developers to understand because the overlay layer basically looks and feels like Bitcoin with some slight tweaks, additional commitments, validation, things like that, Roast Beef said. By leveraging Taproot for asset issuance and transfer, Taro effectively enables new functionality at the edges of Bitcoin by leveraging Bitcoin liquidity as the asset gets routed through the Lightning Network, all without adding unnecessary data on chain. Pausing here to make the note, remember what I always say about edge effect. The, the most brilliant compilation of different things, i.e. diversity, always occurs at the edges of two systems, whether it's biological systems, whether it's ecological systems, whether it's engineering systems, it does not matter. This seems to be a fractal of the universe that is always true. When two things rub up against each other, they create a friction that creates work, it creates diversity, it creates beauty, it creates all manner of functionality continuing on. Quote, if people are doing more transactions at the edges using these assets, well, that means we actually need more capacity in the Lightning Network itself, Rose Beef said. Quote, demand for assets at the edges as far as structural capacity then translate into increased productive activity on the network and more routing fees so a greater network effect as well, end quote. As a result, Taro can take one step in the direction of increasing the demand for blockchain, block space on chain, helping ensure that Bitcoin can keep sustainable once miners begin getting, being paid only through transaction fees as the block subsidy nears zero in the next century. Taro leverages a data structure known as a Merkle Sum Sparse Merkle Tree, or MSSMT, 
to enable assets to commit to taproot script trees, acting as an overlay protocol. MSSMT joins together properties of a regular Merkle tree, a Merkle sum tree, and a sparse Merkle tree. A Merkle tree is constructed by hashing a list of items hashes in pairs until we arrive at a single hash called the root hash. For example, in a list of four items, we would first separately hash each item. Next, we would join the hashes of items one and two together and hash that concatenation and do the same with the hashes of three and four. Lastly, we would hash the remaining two hashes to determine the root hash. A Merkle tree is useful because it can store lots of data. It makes it easy to prove that some data exists in the tree, and it also allows us to check that data hasn't been tampered with. In other words, a regular Merkle tree enables scalability, proof of membership, and tamper resistance. Moreover, we only need to store the root hash of the Merkle tree on chain to verify such properties. That's because if the data in one leaf is tampered with, for example, its hash would also change, further changing all of the hashes at levels above, which would lastly change the root hash, which can have its change attested through comparison to the stored version. The Merkle sum tree takes this one step further by allowing us to commit to the sum of all leaf values, meaning its root hash can also include information about the sum of the values in each leaf of the tree. In the context of assets, this property enables an asset supply to be more easily audited, as well as allowing the divisibility of the asset and preventing undesired issuance of new assets in transactions that are only supposed to transfer them. In our fictitious Merkle tree above, if each leaf held a value of one, the root hash would hold a value of four. The sparse Merkle tree adds yet another property. All of its leaves are indexed, allowing access to information on the tree in a key value pair fashion. And it has empty leaves, which actually hold the null value, allowing us to check if some data is not in that tree. This property, known as proof of non-membership, is possible by proving membership of null in a given leaf which can be accessed through its index. For example, if there is a claim that the leaf with index 6 stores some information about an asset, we can prove that such information is not there by attesting that that leaf actually holds a value of null. Tarot represents assets with nested MSSMTs, one for each asset ID or asset type. The protocol enables those trees to be layered on top of each other, branching out of the initial taproot script tree to represent an effectively unlimited number of assets in a single taproot UTXO. Tarot assets are therefore issued on chain. At the basis of asset functionality on Tarot is an asset script a set of directives established by a developer to programmatically define how a given asset can be transferred on the protocol. The hash of that script is then included in the MSSMT so it can be easily enforced later on, thereby making the asset and its attributes commit to the asset script hash. The initial version of Tarot proposes the use of a subset of Bitcoin script, allowing assets to express arbitrary conditions for the valid transfer of an asset. 
as asset scripts inherit, uh, inherit a level of programmability on par with Bitcoin script, tarot assets can be transferred over lightning in multi-hop transactions off-chain through hash time locked contracts or HTLCs embedded in the asset script. However, future versions could introduce new opcodes and extra functionality that would only exist at the tarot level. Quote, doing taproot within taproot makes the initial version simpler and gives us more time to figure out what use cases pop up and desire more expressivity. Sorry guys, expressivity. Roast Beef said, for on-chain transfers, Terra leverages a new address format based on BEC32 that also includes the asset script hash to receive a Terra asset on-chain. The receiver would need to create an address with enough data that details how the sender can construct a new asset script group that contains the information needed to spin the asset once it is transferred over to the new owner. In other words, <clears throat> the extra information in the asset script hash tells the receiver that the unlocking capability is for the asset that is being transferred so that it can eventually be transferred again. Since the receiver has all of that information, they can compute the asset leaf, which then lets them compute the asset root, and finally, the entire output itself, letting them watch the Bitcoin blockchain for the result they computed. Additionally, by having the receiver send that defining information beforehand, the only way the sender can make the transaction valid is if they send exactly what the receiver is expecting. If the wrong asset or the wrong amount is sent, the hashes won't match and the receiver can easily tell that the sender did something wrong. The issuance and transfer of assets in tarot vary depending on whether the asset is a regular one or a collectible. A collectible or non-fungible asset is a one-of-a-kind representation of value with a unique identifier that establishes a claim on an asset at the Bitcoin chain level or at the real-world level and makes it impossible to counterfeit ownership. A collectible on tarot could be a tokenized rare baseball card, for example. Collectibles are created in a single batch transaction, cannot be split or merged, and need to be transferred off-chain or put into a multi-party channel to be transferred among a known set of participants. A regular asset, on the other hand, commits to a total value of held assets and can be split and merged. Splits can happen within a tree, configuring an internal split, or across different taproot outputs, configuring an external split, during transfer, the asset holder provides they hold a valid split with a Merkle sum proof and the corresponding created asset commit to a new Merkle sum output split that ensures the total amount of assets after transfer equals the total amount there was before the transaction occurs. As mentioned earlier, Tarot can port assets issued on chain onto the Lightning Network. Similar to how Bitcoin can be sent through Lightning after being locked up in a two of two multi-signature output that gets confirmed on the Bitcoin blockchain. A Lightning channel holding Tarot assets leverages the same flow. However, the two of two Schnorr taproot output would also commit to the set of assets in the channel. Quote, using the Tarot protocol, Lightning, channel anchors, Lightning channels anchored with a taproot output are able to send both Bitcoin and Tarot assets off-chain with multi-hop payments being facilitated by new HTLCs on the Tarot level. 
which use the scripting system to implement the expected end-to-end payment security guarantees, Roastbeef told Bitcoin Magazine. He added that Lightning Labs' proposed deployment path for Tarot on the Lightning Network seeks to first only introduce assets at the edges, meaning it would avoid both having to modify the core of the network and bootstrap a new network with adequate liquidity for each Tarot asset. Rather, the company's plans would have Tarot plug into Bitcoin liquidity on Lightning and require only the sender and receiver of a given asset to use Tarot-aware channels. Quote, The only constraint is that in order to receive or send using a particular asset, corresponding inbound and outbound liquidity is required, Roastbeef said. In addition to the similar Lightning on-ramp setup, multi-hop transfers of Tarot assets over Lightning would leverage a similar invoicing system that is commonplace on the second layer today. However, instead of denominating the invoice in BTC, the invoice would be denominated in the Tarot asset itself. Quote, as an example, if Alice wants to send Bob a Tarot stablecoin asset, she'll create a new invoice that quotes, say, $10. Bob will then use a hop hint, which are extra routing details provided in the invoice to complete the route and calculate the amount of network fees paid in Bitcoin to send over his first hop, which will traverse the internal Bitcoin backbone and eventually drop off enough BTC in the final hop to complete the payment. End quote. That's roast beefs talking right there. The Tarot protocol will specify the extra information that needs to be sent to the Lightning peers at the edges in order to update all channels properly, he added. Tarot seeks to leverage Bitcoin's latest soft fork upgrade to bring assets with real-world use cases like U.S. dollar stablecoins onto the peer-to-peer digital currency stack. It enables the issuance of a nearly unlimited number of assets with a single taproot UTXO as well as the transfer of such assets within in, with instant low-fee multi-hop transactions on the Lightning Network. By leveraging Bitcoin and Lightning as its rails, Tarot could establish an interoperable ecosystem of assets that can unite different use cases while not affecting parties that may not care about such assets. At the same time, the protocol also contributes back to Bitcoin by increasing its network effects in the event that a popularization of the concept drives traffic on the network, thereby increasing the fee payout to miners and ramping up BTC liquidity on the Lightning Network. Though its initial iteration accommodates a limited number of use cases, in an attempt to make the jump onto the new protocol easier for developers through a familiar Bitcoin scripting suite, the possibilities of extensions and further developments are nearly endless as builders and entrepreneurs get creative and spin the protocol to suit their needs. Quote, the hope is to open up people's eyes to what the future of Bitcoin holds and what Taproot can enable, Stark told Bitcoin Magazine. The goal is to have Bitcoin be the underlying global monetary network powered by open protocols. Woo-wee, that was a long one. But before we get into running some numbers, I want to go back to this uh, paragraph. As an example... If Alice wants to send Bob a Tarot stablecoin asset, she'll create a new invoice that quotes $10. Bob will then use a hop hint, which are extra routing details provided in the invoice to complete the route and calculate the amount of network fees. 
All right, I'm going to stop right there. We've got an asset, could be an NFT. We've got a hop hint. Bob uses a hop hint, which are extra routing details. Now think of the whole lightning network in your mind. I mean, like all the different connections and all the nodes and how different nodes have like, like almost like an unlimited amount of connections all the way to each other. What if you made a scavenger hunt on lightning with an NFT using hop hints and you had to go like, basically you're on a team of people that are looking for all the pieces of a split up NFT, which you can do with this protocol. And the first team to put together an NFT that is floating around in the lightning network by putting together hop hints. And maybe those hop hints are represented. Maybe that information to get those hop hints are represented in the real world, say at the Bitcoin conference that's going on right now. And you have to physically engage in a scavenger hunt like we used to do. Back in the day, I don't know if you remember that shit. When I first started this, uh, this podcast, there was a lot of that stuff going on. And then you have to collect them all up and then somehow convert those into the known hop hints so that you can go around into the Lightning Network and go pull the pieces of the NFT out of the Lightning Network, put them together, and then maybe that NFT is now worth the prize. You redeem the NFT back to something, somebody like Roast Beef who says, congratulations, here's your prize of 100,000 Satoshis. Honestly, that would be cool as shit. The use case is only for entertainment, but it is a use case. And maybe you can figure out ways to do that with, you know, things that, I don't know, like tickets to a concert or whole pieces of, uh, you know, as a, as a buy receipt for a piece of physical art like Brecky Von Bitcoin does, where when you finally piece together all of the invoice to give to Brecky so that he will give you the art piece because he knows that invoice is valid, that validity of that invoice had to go be put together through all these hop hints by collecting all the information that you needed to figure out where on the Lightning Network all these pieces of information because of Tarot are. You see, get what I'm saying here? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I think, I don't think I'm talking out of my ass here. I think that given what was, what I read in this particular article, what I'm understanding is that that shit's possible. And now all you have to do is figure out what kind of use cases can we do with that? There's probably, a, you could probably do a, God forbid, um, what do they call those things? Uh, oh, when you share a condo with somebody, you know, I got a piece of it, you got a piece of it. No, we don't really even know each other, but we have this schedule of when we can go. And it's like, a, it's like, a, I can't remember, it's something share. I can't remember what it is. It's, it's, it's basically an ungodly thing that you should probably never engage in. But that ownership, maybe you could break that ownership up and you can only prove your part of the ownership by being able to go collect up all of the things from all of the people that also share in that condo on the Lightning Network and be able to present that to the property manager that y'all have all hired saying, I really am that guy. That's a little convoluted to be able to do that. You should just be able to give him your license and have talked to the guy on the phone and he actually already knows you. I'm just saying, what can you think up? While you're thinking about that, let's run the numbers.
flammable liquids kind of down a little bit today. West Texas Intermediate down 0.67%. Brenton North Sea down 0.67% to 105.93. Natural gas up 4.24% to $6.28. Gasoline is down a quarter of a point to $3.15. Gold is up a quarter of a point to 19.32. Silver is up almost a quarter point to 24.58. Platinum is down almost a point. Copper is down two-thirds of a point. Palladium down two-thirds of a point as well. Agricultural futures are all down. Biggest loser today is coffee. Dow is down 0.87%. S&P down 1.14%. NASDAQ down damn near two points. It's a freaking bloodbath over there today. S&P mini is also likewise down 1.11%. Real money, uh, $44,887. My God. I think the price is being depressed before all the announcements come out at um, Bitcoin conference this week. That's what I, that I really, I really think because we don't have any news except this stupid bill about El Salvador, which I'll get into in a minute. So, but I, I just think it's the bears playing around depressing the price until the inevitable, you know, five pieces of like mind blowing news comes out of the conference, which I fully expect. Anyway, 273,000 transactions performed in the last 24 hours is 11,300 transactions on the hour. 653,000 BTC sent in that period. That's 27,247 BTC every hour on the hour. And a 2.4 BTC average transaction value and a median transaction value of 0.013 BTC or 576 bucks. Block times are slightly low, nine minutes, 52 seconds. 0.074 BTC taken in fees in a on a per block basis and 10.8 BTC taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period. And with a 13.5% drop in hash rate, we are just over 200 to 201.19 exahashes per second. Shitcoin indicator as usual is Doge 15.3 United States pennies. 1,100 transactions waiting on one block to clear. Market capitalization of Bitcoin stands at $842.9 billion, which is 6.65% of gold's entire market cap. And you can get 23 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,004,217.18 of. And 3,699 of those are locked in the Lightning Network valued at $164.1 million, uh, being run over 19,719 nodes, sporting 84,706 payment channels, and 74.3% of all of it is being run over Tor's associated 11,688 Lightning Network nodes that we know about. There's your vitals. Welcome to part two of the news you can use. As promised, new bill takes aim at El Salvador's, quote, careless gamble on Bitcoin. Matt DeSalvo has it decrypt.co. The U.S. is pressing on with legislation aimed at protecting its financial system from El Salvador's Bitcoin law. Pausing a country of six million people and it's endangering the United States financial system, which is de facto the world's financial system because the dollar 
is world reserve currency. Everything bows in front of is allowed to walk around and run by the almighty dollar. And here we have, if you are to believe this bullshit, a country of 6 million people that threatens the entire world order. Are you freaking kidding me? How fragile are you? That's a, that's a t-shirt that should, I would wear that t-shirt and, and, and basically, you know, not feel like I'm, I'm telling everybody that I have Bitcoin. I would wear, I would wear how fragile are you? Make that black on red and I will buy that for 25 bucks, please. Anyway, <clears throat> on Monday, lawmakers introduced a new bill asking the State Department to mitigate the risks of El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin. This new bill, the Accountability for Cryptocurrency in El Salvador Act, will accompany the Accountability for Cryptocurrency in El Salvador, or the ACES Act, which was introduced in the U.S. Senate back in February and passed committee last month. That's right. We're talking about now a second bill, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not talking about the ACES Act here. This is a brand new bill. And yesterday it was introduced by Congresswoman Norma J. Torres, a Democrat from California, and Congressman Rick Crawford, a Republican from Arizona. Bipartisan shit coinery. Congressman woman or Congresswoman Torres said in a statement that the bill was necessary to protect the United States financial system from El Salvador's careless gamble. Oh my God, global financial institutions have studied in detail the numerous risks of El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin and the international community acknowledges the potential danger, she said, quote, El Salvador is an independent democracy and we respect its right to self-govern, but... The United States must have a plan in place to protect our financial systems from the risk of this decision, which appears to be a careless gamble rather than a thoughtful embrace of innovation, end quote. The new legislation specifically asked the State Department to produce an analysis of El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender and the risks for cybersecurity, economic stability, and democratic governance in the country. February's bill is broader and will also ask the State Department to look at El Salvador's regulatory framework and the impact the Bitcoin law has on businesses and citizens. El Salvador last year made Bitcoin the largest cryptocurrency by market cap, legal tender in the country. Businesses have to accept the digital asset if they have the technological means. The Bitcoin law was the idea of the country's president, Naib Bukele. The baseball cap-wearing millennial leader is hoping to attract investors and crypto-trading digital nomads to the tiny country, which has long been one of the most violent nations in the Americas with this law. Bukele even announced plans for a Bitcoin city, a geothermal energy power tax-free haven. Quote, invest here and make all the money you want, he said during the announcement in November. But not everyone is happy with his plans. U.S. lawmakers want to keep an eye on the Central American country. Senators introduced February's bill because they think that the Bitcoin law has the, quote, potential to weaken U.S. sanctions policy, empowering malign actors like China and organized criminal organizations, uh, Congressman Jim Raish from Idaho said in a statement. The IMF and World Bank have both criticized and even asked the country to drop the law. 
And Nayib Bukele is basically giving the finger to all of these people. And good for him and good for his country. Because honestly, this is none of our fucking business. And on, also, honestly, if a country of 6 million can bring down your financial system, th- then it needs to be brought down. It's not El Salvador that they're scared of. This has these laws that that actually say El Salvador in the title have nothing at all to do with El Salvador. These have everything to do with the fact that they know that their backs are up against the wall and blindfolds are going over their eyes and they're all about to be shot in the fucking head. That's what these bills are about. It has nothing. El Salvador doesn't have the potential to bring down anything other than its own financial system and possibly that of Honduras and a couple of its other neighbors. But other than that, whatever happens in El Salvador is basically going to remain contained in El Salvador. No, 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 no. These bills have nothing to do with El Salvador or its neighbors, nor does it have anything to do with South, Central, or even, or South or Central America. It has nothing to do with any of it. It's the fact that they see the writing on the wall. And they know that none of us, that there will be enough of us who will never, ever, ever comply because we are at the end of our rope. We are literally, we've tied a knot and we're hanging on. There is enough people, there are enough Bitcoiners around the world that are just ready to say absolutely fucking not. This far, no farther. They know it. We are going to put their hands behind their back. We are going to put them up against a wall. We are going to give them blindfolds if they so choose to wear them. But they are all going to get shot in the head. Figuratively, of course. However, I always wonder about the dead eyes out there that are retired from spec ops and wondering, just wondering when one of them might say, you know, might do some pro bono work today. Just saying. Uh, Binance completes... $200 million seed round to hit a $4.5 billion valuation. Helen Parts, Cointelegraph, Binance US, the American partner of Binance, the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange by trading value, has completed its first ever external funding from investors like Circle Ventures. Binance.us has raised more than $200 million in a seed round to reach a pre-money valuation of $4.5 billion, the firm announced to Cointelegraph on Wednesday. Circle's venture arm, Circle Ventures, joined the funding round. Quote, Circle Ventures is excited to invest, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Circle Jerk Chief Financial Officer Jeremy Foxgreen said in a very well-written corporate tie-wearing, usual corporate-speak statement. The funding round also involved Van Eck, one of the first United States-based asset managers to file for a Bitcoin exchange-traded fund. Other investors included venture capital firms like RRE Ventures, Foundation Capital, and Original Capital, as well as firms focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, such as Gangels and Goldhouse. The newly raised funds will help Binance.us expand its spot trading platform with new features and products soon and provide new consumer education projects quote we are exploring a host of new projects or products and services be it organically or through strategic mergers and acquisitions and we expect to bring some of these to market in the near term a spokesperson for binance told cointelegraph 
The new funding also reaffirms the strength of Binance U.S. business. Uh, sorry, the, the new funding also reaffirms the strength of Binance U.S.'s business. The firm CEO Brian Schroeder said he emphasized that Binance.us has grown into a profitable business in less than three years after launching back in 2019. Quote. From this position of strength and with an eye toward continuing our rapid ascent alongside the ascent of the crypto industry at large, we are pleased to close our first financing round, Schroeder stated. As part of Binance.us's expansion plans, the company apparently intends to scale its operations across the United States. The company so far operates in 45 U.S. states and eight territories expanding into Connecticut and Louisiana earlier this year. Binance.us also secured the money transmitter license in West Virginia in January and subsequently received another one in Wyoming back in March. According to the official public information provided by Binance US, the accounts on the platform are currently not available to users residing in US states like Hawaii, Idaho, New York, Texas, that's surprising, and Vermont. Quote, Binance U.S. continues to work closely with the remaining state regulatory agencies to secure approval so it can offer its services across all United States states, the representative for Binance said. So there you go, Binance. Moving on. And now Bitcoin held on crypto exchanges reaches multi-year lows as per report. Jeff Benson tells us about that report from Decrypt.co. Something interesting happened after the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic in March of 2020. Okay, okay, a lot of interesting and horrible things happened, but one of them was a switch from crypto exchanges experiencing net inflows of Bitcoin almost every month to consistently watching the amount of BTC in exchange accounts get smaller and smaller and smaller. With Bitcoin net outflows averaging 9,600 coins, nope, nope, sorry, scratch that, 96,000 coins per month for the past two years, exchanges cumulate, cumulative Bitcoin bounces have hit multi-year loads, lows according to a report from crypto analytics firm Glassnode. More precisely, they've fallen to their lowest level since August of 2018. The bulk of recent outflows are coming from a handful of usual suspects, Binance, Bitstamp, Bittrex, Coinbase, Gemini, and Kraken. However, in the case of Binance and Gemini, despite their recent downward trends, the balance of their holdings has noticeably increased over the past two years, mostly at the expense of Coinbase. The upshot of all this, says Glassnode, is that more and more Bitcoin is heading away from exchanges and into addresses that periodically purchase Bitcoin but don't spend it. In other words, hodlers. These accumulation addresses can belong to individuals but also to companies and custodians. The Luna Foundation Guard, which has gobbled up $1.4 billion in BTC to back its algorithmic stablecoin, falls into that category, as well as MicroStrategy, MacroStrategy, Subsidiary, oh, sorry, MicroStrategy, Subsidiary, MacroStrategy. The category isn't all Bitcoin whales, however. So-called shrimps, who carry sub-1 BTC balances, have also been taking in more than their, more than their share of the coins in circulation since late January. Per Glassnode, since the first week of December, the balances in such accumulation addresses, both whales and shrimps and everyone in between, has increased by 217,000 BTC or $10 billion, 
The price then was nestled between 49K and 50K, whereas it currently sits just below 46,000. Although increased hodling should put upward pressure on the price, the price has gone down over this time period. It's not best to read too much into it as net outflows and accumulation are just two data points among many, including the amount of money people feel confident investing amid rising interest rates and consumer prices, and the price picture can change considerably by slightly shifting comparison dates. Still, Glassnode points out that the amount of Bitcoin being accumulated each day is much higher than the amount of new BTC being created. As such, it says, quote, <clears throat> the scarcity and pristine nature of Bitcoin as collateral may well be returning to the foreground once again. So not only is Bitcoin leaving exchanges, but the amount being accumulated in wallets that save way more than they spend is outstripping the amount of new Bitcoin being produced on a daily basis. That by itself is a metric to watch and watch really closely. River Financial announces managed Bitcoin mining product, Nomsios Bitcoin Magazine. River Financial today launched River Mining, an investment grade Bitcoin mining product that manages all the aspects in the mining process from hardware procurement to data center hosting, according to a press release sent to Bitcoin Magazine. Quote, the Bitcoin mining industry has shifted from once being able to profitably mine Bitcoin from a laptop in your house to requiring industrial scale mining operations, said Alex Leishman, River CEO. And in recent years, only the largest players have had access to the returns of institutional Bitcoin mining. River mining changes that, end quote. Customers can purchase mining machines within personal or entity accounts at River while the company takes care of procuring the rig, hosting it in a top-tier U.S.-based data center, integrating it with a mining pool, and maintaining maximum uptime and performance. River Mining also allows clients to monitor the performance of their Bitcoin portfolio and individual mining output. The offering was first announced in October, and the company is now expanding the scope of its mining product as it brings thousands of mining machines online in the second quarter of this year. River said it also has agreements in place to grow river mining to tens of thousands of rigs in the coming year. The company said it currently has hundreds of Bitcoin mining clients ranging from individuals with just one rig hashing to family offices and investment funds with fleets of mining rigs. Quote, our mission is to accelerate the adoption of Bitcoin. River mining is an important step towards our vision to providing easy to use financial products to grow Bitcoin wealth, Leishman said. River began as a Bitcoin brokerage company focusing on security, custody, and client services. Now, with the full re release of River Mining, the company tiptoes into the industry with the same principles. Moreover, the suite of products offered by River now encompass brokerage, custody, and mining offerings that are all accessible on the company's website and mobile app. So there you go. Now, getting back to those people that buy a shit ton of Bitcoin. Yeah, again, Terra LFG is back in the news already. Let's find out why. Cointelegraph, William Suberg. Terra LFG outdoes MicroStrategy with a 5,000 Bitcoin buy after Bitcoin price dips under $45,000. They were lying in wait like a snake in the grass. Terra, 
The blockchain outfit using Bitcoin to back its new United States dollar stablecoin has bought over 5,000 BTC. Wallet data confirms that on April the 6th, that's today, Terra added yet another 5,040 BTC to its balance sheet, now totaling to 35,768 BTC. The move comes after a multi-day lull in buying activity by the blockchain protocol. This week, co-founder Du Quan nonetheless told his Twitter followers that the scheme was just getting started. While the mainstream media interviews set out plans for perpetual BTC buys, Terra, Quan explained, wants to build a decentralized Forex reserve with Bitcoin as its collateral. The stablecoin Terra USD will have both BTC and Terra's native Luna token as its backing. Initially planned to include $3 billion in Bitcoin reserve, that number will expand to 10 billion, Quan said last month, with an additional BTC purchase after that, depending on how much UST is actually minted. So there you go. Another 5,000 BTC have been bought today by the LFG folks. Luna's still a shit coin. I don't need Terra stablecoin. What I'm interested in here is this perpetual buying by this guy who I've never heard of before a few weeks ago of BTC. This, this massive buying of BTC is, I'm not going to say it has to stop. Bitcoin is for enemies. I'm just saying that by the very nature of the amount of buys of BTC by this company, it puts this company in a situation where it's a company that you need to watch. I'm not saying that it's a good company. I'm just saying that with this amount of buying going on, this is something that everybody needs to watch. We don't know where this is going. I don't necessarily think that Terra and Luna are necessary at all. Yet there's a shit ton of BTC involved and that is important. Now, Bitcoin company Ibex raises $4 million in it eyes expansion. This is Bitcoin Magazine. Sean Amick is writing it. Ibex Mercado, an infrastructure company that onboards banks and businesses to Bitcoin and the Lightning Network, secured $4 million in a seed round of investor funding, according to a press release sent to Bitcoin Magazine. Expansion and customer acquisition are set in Ibex's reticle as the $20 million valuation fueled by Stillmark, Lum Ventures, Fulger Ventures, Hivemind Ventures, and 1031 converge on the intention of growth in the Americas and Europe. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Many people have still have the wrong idea about Bitcoin, said founder and CEO of Ibex Mercado, Jose Luis Lemus. Per the release, quote, it isn't just a store of value or even a faster and cheaper way of transacting. It's the platform for the most audacious transformative shift of financial power in history, end quote. Ibex was instrumental in the rollout of Bitcoin as legal tender in El Salvador. They helped businesses like Starbucks achieve impressive turnarounds for implementing the Lightning Network, allowing users in the country to transact with their Bitcoin. The small Guatemala-based company holds the values and needs of the unbanked at the forefront of its mind with each step it takes towards achieving its hyper-Bitcoinization goals. Quote, it's obscene that in the last or in the 21st century, a third of the planet remains unbanked and an even greater number are underbanked, including in the world's richest societies. 
The Lightning Network will bring these people into the global economy, enabling them to transact competitively and equitably and giving them charge of their own financial destiny for the first time in their lives, and quote, says Lemus. IBEX finds itself accompanied by many investment firms eyeing the rising implementations available to businesses through Lightning Network integration. As Lightning development continues, IBEX seeks to prepare the world for what they see coming next. Quote, by unlocking this immensely long tail of previously neglected people, they gain instant access to a huge range of customers and new revenue streams, Lemus said. This investment is testament to the unprecedented economic opportunities that Lightning is about to bring to the world, end quote. Okay, it is now right at 60 minutes, so there's not gonna be a joke today, and I think what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna go ahead and end it here, but before I do, I want to say something about the confluence of the Bitcoin conference, uh, all these raises that are going on, and of course, the, the, the raise by Lightning Labs and its subsequent release of the Tarot protocol description. I think there's going to be multiple Lightning-based announcements done at the Bitcoin conference 2022 that's going on in Miami, right now started today officially and ends on the 9th of april i believe in this time you need to be watching from for announcements out of the bitcoin conference because i have this gut feeling i can just kind of see it putting itself together that major very major lightning network announcements of integrations of funding of development of etc of etc of etc are coming and they're coming this week the price of bitcoin has been artificially in my in my view artificially depressed in uh in anticipation of these announcements this is not investing advice i really only ever daily cost average into bitcoin my daily cost average uh, into Bitcoin occurred or is about to occur today, and, and, but it's automatic. I don't, I don't do this. So this is not investing advice. However, it may behoove you to possibly buy a little bit of extra Bitcoin during this week and wait for the largest announcement to be done either the day before the last day of the conference, like on the 8th or on the very last day of the conference. My gut feeling is that you're looking at April the 8th for the majority of the jaw-dropping announcements to be made. We shall see, and I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.